Blog Talk Radio. All right, we want to say greetings to everyone, and thank you all so much uh, for joining us today. My name is Brother Hawk Bolden, and as usual, I'm so grateful for the Lord to be able to uh, come before you and uh, share with you the things that the Lord has laid on our hearts to share. And so with uh, looking forward to getting more in in, in the uh, word of the Lord and to uh, go more into details concerning and, and also the share story uh, concerning um, uh, what we were talking about yesterday. So yesterday uh, we were talking about power. We were talking about power or, or foolishness. In other words, foolishness or power. In other words, what, uh, what does the word say concerning that? And how do we how do we how do we deal with uh, the the religious uh, mindset that uh, people have concerning that? So let's go to uh, let's go back to the first chapter. Uh, let's go back to First Corinthians rather. Go back to First Corinthians. We were at the second chapter of First Corinthians. Actually, we were at the first chapter of First Corinthians. All right, we're going to uh, we're going to start reading at verse. We're going to start reading at verse 17. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. And I, I love how uh, Paul says that, that that Christ didn't send him uh, to baptize. Now, I, you know, isn't that something? He says the Christ that sent him to baptize, but to preach the gospel. And, you know, it's something how a lot of times people just assume, people assume uh, ignorantly that preachers are supposed to do everything. Uh, you know you know that there are people that uh, join a church because they want to be brought into a church when they die. You know, like they, they literally, I've, I've known of people who go to church for the purpose of having somebody to preach their funeral when they leave here or basically having somebody to do religious rites. And what I mean is uh, things like um, baptizing them, uh, performing weddings in their family, or performing funerals as well. So there are people that actually go to church for that reason. And you may say, well, that's that's kind of odd. But, you know, if you're going to church except for um, to grow in the Lord, then you're in the same boat. In other words, if you're just sitting there uh, for religious reasons, just 
just to say that you've gone, you know, just to say that, that to be encouraged, whatever the case is, and you're not there because you know your life needs to change and that God can bring about a change, then you're in the same boat. See, so he said, for Christ sent me not to baptize, see, but to preach the gospel. So he would preach the gospel, and you know the same thing was in, in the uh it was the same thing with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ didn't baptize people. He preached the gospel, and then when they wanted to give their lives to him, the Bible says that the, his disciples are the ones that physically baptize people. You see that? And so this is to, it shows, you know, it's, it's amazing to me the, the ideas that people have in their heads about ministers and how they're supposed to be. They think every preacher is one day looking to be a pastor, and that's the ultimate call, the pastor his own church. And that's not that's, that's not true. They think every preacher is supposed to marry or perform weddings. That's not true. They think every preacher, you know, if you died and you're supposed to bring the body in the church and the preacher's supposed to preach over it, and that, that's not true. We don't see anywhere in the scripture where dead bodies were brought into, into sanctuaries for the purpose of some preacher preaching over them. John the Baptist, with his own cousin and forerunner, and Jesus called him the the the, the greatest man to live. You know, you see, when he was killed, Jesus didn't go to his funeral. There was no funeral. They took him, and they his disciples came and took up his dead body and they buried him. And Jesus Christ, he he just he just spoke of him, saying who he was as as it related to the scriptures. You see. And so that that is one of the things that we we have to know and we have to get out of our minds is this religious mindset that certain things are supposed to take place. I had a a lady some years ago ask me to do her uh, wedding. She said, John, when I I get married, are you going to do my wedding? I said, no. She said, well, why not? You're a preacher, aren't you? Yeah, but the Lord didn't call me to do that. (laughs) You don't see... In fact, you don't see anywhere in the Bible preachers performing uh, weddings. You see that. And so we have to get this religious mindset away from us. We, we, you can't, if, if you are religious, you're going to overlook um, power of God. In fact, the Bible tells us about that, how there, there are people that have um, a form of godliness. But they deny the power. They have a form. In other words, that word form means they have religion. They appear to be godly. They go into church. They doing all the things that church folks do. They join the choir. They join the, uh, join the usher board. And, and, and you know, they, they are part of all these little groups within the church. And they, so they have a form of godliness. They, they know how to dress. They know how to sing. They know how to shout. They know, you know, when to do what in church and how to carry themselves in church. But, the, but, you know, the problem is they don't know how to carry themselves in life. When they get home, they're, you know, they can leave the church, straight from church, going out somewhere to eat, and, and some waiter or waitress isn't bringing them their food fast enough or isn't providing good service, and they can act nasty with them. You see that form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. So he says, for Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Now, I want you to notice what he says there. Uh, Paul was not around Jesus Christ and never met Jesus Christ naturally, so in the, in the flesh. 
when Jesus Christ walked this earth, uh, Paul never met him and wasn't really interested in him or following him, I should say. And so, but you see who he said sent him for Christ, not not some uh, pastoral board, you know, not some organization. He, he said, for Christ sent me not to preach but to preach, not to baptize but to preach the gospel. In other words, Christ sent him to preach. You see, it wasn't his religious group. In fact, the religious group was telling him to preach something different, to do something different. You see that? But he said Christ basically sent him to preach the gospel. Now, that's that's who's supposed to send all of us. You see, not our mama, uh, our parents, our uncles and aunts telling us, oh, you look like a preacher. You sound like a preacher when you read the Bible. You can, Just because you sound like, and what does a preacher sound like? You see? So just because you sound like one or look like one or just like one don't mean that God has sent you to do it. So we have to get these religious mindsets out of our minds. We have to adhere to the word of God and what it says. For Christ sent me not to baptize but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words. And and that's what a lot of churches today want. They want people with wisdom of words. In other words, the wisdom of men. They want churches, they want pastors uh, with college degrees who can speak eloquently, who can pronounce his words correctly, and who can really get a point across. But none of it is connected to spiritual things. They, these preachers, pastors, can only speak of natural things and basically appeal to the flesh of people. Now, the Bible tells us that it's the spirit of God that, that speaks to his own spirit that's on the inside of us. And so what happens, because we've had a lot of people who have, we've come across and said, you know, you, you preach that spiritual food that's, that's uh, for the soul of man, for the spirit of man. You preach to my spirit. I understand what they're saying. And what they mean is this, is that the, a lot of churches, they preach things that, the natural ear can hear and accept right away. But the problem is, is that the person go home, if they have a real hunger for the Lord, they'll go home and starve because it is not reaching their spirit, man. But, but only a God-sent preacher can preach something that reaches the spirit of a person, that bypass that flesh that gets offended, you see that, and preach directly to the spirit. In other words, God changes us from the inside out, from the, the, that born-again spirit that's placed on the inside of us, he changes us from that point out. You see that? It, from uh, our spirit man, so when we, what makes us born again, now you think about it, what causes, how do we know that somebody is dead, spiritually speaking? What is the death of a person? It's when his spirit leaves his body. When his spirit leaves his body. So we know that the spirit represents the breath of God. When And you know that God formed Eve and Adam, formed Adam, and then he breathed into him, and then Adam became a living soul. So it's the spirit of, it is the, uh, the spirit that makes us alive, that naturally so. So we're born with our spirit. When we are born again, God puts our spirit dies, and God puts his spirit on the inside of us. You see that? So now we live by his spirit. 
Now, the reason why, of course, that's the reason why it's called born again, because we are dead and buried in Christ Jesus. Uh, our, our spirit, the spirit we're born with, is deceased, and then God breathes into us his spirit, and so now we are born again. You see that? Because we have taken on the spirit of God. Now, what it is, is God's spirit acts as a receiver, and his spirit himself, he acts as the transmitter. So now that we are born again, we have the ability, because God's spirit is living on, living on the inside of us, we have the ability now to actually hear from God, to receive the things of God, because before that we couldn't receive them, you see? So when we become born again, now we can receive the things of God. Now it's not strange to walk by faith and to trust God. You know, none of that is strange anymore. Why? Because now what was foolishness to us at one time has become the power of God. You see that? What was foolishness to us? It was foolish to, to, to just trust God every day, to not worry when you didn't have money to pay your bills, you know, and, and all of these different things that, and different scenarios that we can think of. That was foolishness to us for somebody to say, you know, just trust God. What does that mean? And, and a lot of us, we probably thought, well, I am trusting God. I'm still not seeing anything. But, you know, we don't have that ability until God puts his spirit on the inside of us and we become born again. But to the world, it's foolishness. You see that? Uh, <laughs> spiritually speaking, you can say, you know, uh, and, and which has been the testimony of people in this ministry, you know, the Lord told me to move to Tennessee uh, for the purpose of being a part of God's truth and deliverance. Now, to us, that's the power of God because we know that lives are being changed. Our lives are being changed because we're in God's perfect will. But it's foolishness to the world because the world say, well, you know, it's got a church right around the corner from you. Why don't you find a good church where you are? Listen, nobody disputes that there are, that, that there are God churches everywhere, that, there, that God has churches in every state, in every city. Nobody disputes that. But here's the dis- disputation. When, what, but where does God want me to be? You see, though the, the sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit of God. And so when you know when God, when foolishness have been turned to power to you, when you have accepted that, that, the, that the Word of God is power, then you, you accept, you know what? Yeah, I could go to church around the, my corner, around the corner from me. Yeah, it really is a God church, but here's the question. Where does God want me to be? You see that? That's that's the question. That, in other words, it's foolishness to the world to say when you tell people, you know, yeah, I moved to a whole other state to go to church because that's what God wanted me to be. But w- when your life is changed, you see, you can see the power of it. So let's say, for instance, you got a God-given church right around the corner from you, and you say, I'm gonna go to this church because I know that the pastor there preaches the truth. But you know what God saying? I'm not gonna let you hear it. Because you're not in my will. See, in other words, to, to those of us who have accepted God's word, we know that it's not enough just to be some just to be somewhere, just to say you're there. The question is, am I where God wants me to be? You see the difference now between foolishness and power? To the world, it looks like foolishness. To the religious world, let me put it that way. To religious people, it looks like foolishness that you are willing to move 
all across the United States just to be where God wants you to be. It's not enough. You think about it. Some of you parents, when you didn't, you didn't let your child grow up, you know, and turn ten. They say you go get a name book and you name yourself. You had a will for that child. You named that child because you knew what you wanted to call that child for the rest of its life. So you didn't let the child decide. Well, you know what? When you get ten, you know you ain't got no name. We're not going to even call you. We're just going to say, hey, you, come here. And, and then when you get 10, you can name yourself. We'll get by your name book, and you can name yourself. Now, if we got enough sense to name our children, and we haven't counted the hands of their head, then why don't we have enough sense to submit all the way to God who has numbered the hands of our heads, and he knows exactly where he wants us to be? You see that? So, but see, again, to the world is, is 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 to the religious world is foolishness that you will that God will even send you anywhere. <laughs> Why is it? You, you think about that. People that are stationary they say, you know, I'm gonna just stay where I am, and God's just gonna have to meet me where I am, and I don't care where He wants me to be. Ain't even thinking that God wants them to be anywhere. Why why would you think that that's okay? Why wouldn't you think why would you think that somebody is crazy or somebody is just off their rocker for moving where God wants them to move and you say, "Well, I, I don't believe that God wanted you to move over there. I don't want I don't believe that God even asked you to pray about where you should be." That that's not who God is. Why wouldn't you consider that maybe you're in the wrong place to begin with? That maybe you understand what I mean. Just because your hometown is a certain place, don't mean that that's what God wanted you to be. Mom and Daddy could have been out of God's will and not listening to God at all about where He wanted them to be. And so then, when God raises up a generation that's got enough sense to say, "I'm going to be where God wants me to be," what happens is it makes everybody else question, "Where well, am I? Where God want me to be?" Or do I look at this like, eh, "I don't think it takes all of that." I think I can just go to the church around the corner from my house and God will meet me there. I'm not saying that God has called everybody to move to a particular place, but I think we ought to have enough sense to pray and ask God, God, am I where you want me to be? Now, what it really all boils down to is people have their own will and they just want to do their own thing. And and instead of them coming up higher and surrendering their whole life to God, they would rather look at everybody else who chooses to do that and surrender their lives to God, uh, every facet of it, and do exactly what the Word tells us to do, and all thy ways acknowledge him. That don't mean you give him a shout-out every time you get a blessing. That means you, that he's God over every area of your life, where you live. You see that? Where you attend church at. He's God where you work at. He's God over every every area of your life. You want me to tell you why some of you who are watching this message even now are bumping your heads? It's because you have decided what areas you want to let God in. And those areas that you don't let him in, you'll, you'll keep bumping your head. You'll keep going through the same thing. You will keep getting frustrated. And I think that's 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 sad. 
You see that? To me, if you're going to let God in one area of your life, why not let him in all of it? You see that? Let him run all of you. You see that? How else can we call him Lord? You see that? Paul says that we are slaves to Christ. Slaves don't have their own will. You see, they don't have their own will. You see? But to the church folks, to the church world, it looks like foolishness. It's, it's foolishness to them, you see. So let's read verse 17. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. In other words, man's wisdom. In other words, thinking about things with your natural spirit, man, not with God's spirit, but with your natural spirit, it, it negates the cross of Christ. It negates, in other words, it makes of none effect the gospel. If, 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 if your spirit man is telling you, I'm talking about the spirit you were born with, if that's telling you, I can just do what I want to do, and God will accept it. I can go to college where I want to go to college. I can go to school where I want to go. I can go to whatever church I choose. All I got to do is just find a, a good Bible-believing church and go there, and, and God will just accept it. If that's, if that's your mindset then even if you're sitting in a church where the, where the, where the truth is preached, you won't hear it. it. It'll make that preacher non effect to you because you're just there for your own religious reasons. You see that? Let's go ahead and keep reading. Verse 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. You see that? But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. God told Jonah to go to Nineveh. Jonah went in the opposite direction, and he paid the price for it. And what am I saying? God gave Jonah a specific location of where he wanted him to be. He didn't say, well, you know, Jonah, you're called a preacher. Just go preach your whole world. Go go and just evangelize this whole world. I've called you to do it. Go preach everywhere. Jonah, I don't doubt, went to other places to preach, to say what God wanted him to say, to prophesy. But that moment, God said, you go to Nineveh. And he refused. You see that? Did God let him get away with that? No. You think? And so do you think God will let us get away with doing what we want to do? You can have a calling and answer that call, but you still need to be where God wants you to be to fulfill that call. So let's not be so religious that we overlook the will of God. And folks will say, well, you know, God's word says this. You know, if God's word don't tell me to go to to Florida or to, to, to Memphis or whatever the priest said, I ain't going to do it. That's why the Bible says the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. You see that? The sons of God, they're led by the Spirit of God. Where was it at in the, in the Old Testament, Genesis through Malachi, to tell uh, Philip the evangelist, go join yourself up to this to this eunuch here. Go join yourself up to this this servant of the queen here. There was no Bible for that. So how was he led? By the Spirit of God. In the book of Acts, how were those people led? By the Spirit of God. There was no Bible for what they were doing at that time. What they were doing became what we call the New Testament. You see? So it it, it was the Spirit of God that even led them for the New Testament to be written. It was the Spirit of God. You see that? How Even in the Old Testament, these men wrote it 
because the Spirit of God came upon them to do that. All the great exploits that were done, these men were being led by the Spirit of God. Elijah couldn't say, well, you know what? Moses went down to Egypt and preached and delivered people. I'm going to do the same thing. It's still got some folks down there in Egypt that need to be saved. See, Elijah's ministry could not be based on what Moses did. No doubt he could read what Moses had written about what God had commissioned him to do, but that was not Elijah's commission. So how do we know what Elijah's commission was? He was led by the Spirit of God. He wasn't so religious that he just just shut down what the Spirit was leading him to do and said, well, you know what, we got Moses. I'm going to just do what he do, what he did, and follow his pattern. Now, he couldn't follow Moses' pattern because that was for that time and that particular day. The children of Israel were down in Egypt crying out for deliverance. The children of Israel were down in Egypt crying out for deliverance. You see that? And God sent Moses to deliver them. In, in, in Elijah's day, the children of Israel were not in Egypt. They were called out of that by that time, and now they needed a prophet to get them back to serving God the way that they were supposed to. So he couldn't go off of what Moses did because Moses' calling was a little different. God's assignment for Moses was different. And even when Moses came, Moses could say, well, you know what? I'm going to do what Noah did. I'm going to preach that, that it's going to flood and rain and everybody's going to die if they don't get on this boat, if they don't answer God's call. Why? Because God had already said, I'm not going to start earth anymore with water. And to prove that, I'm going to put a, a rainbow. In other words, a rain covenant up in the sky every time it rains to remind you all of this covenant that I've made. You see that? And so Moses couldn't go, couldn't hand, couldn't do Noah's ministry. And unfortunately today, unfortunately today, that's what we have in the body of Christ. Just these religious folks just imitating stuff from the past and not being led by the Spirit of God. They're thinking, if I could just follow God's word, that's enough. Well, you know what? If you read the Bible carefully, you will see that there are at least two different words there. Rhema and Logos. Logos is the written word. Well, we get our word logo from, something that's written out or drawn. Rhema is the spoken word of God. God's spirit, indirectly to your spirit, about his, his will for your life. If, if all we're concerned about is reading the logos and thinking we can follow that, then when does God, or what we're really doing is following the pattern that God had for somebody else. You see that? Now, if God wanted me to do exactly what somebody else was doing, then he would have given me their DNA as well. But since God didn't make us robots, God has something specific for each one of us to do. And we don't have to fashion ourselves after other people. And it could be real men and women of God who really were doing something for the Lord at that time. But that don't mean God want me to fashion myself after that. No, I don't have to go to a conference on church growth and how to grow a church. The love of God draws people. That's, that's all. So I don't have to go see what you did and how many clubs you had to start to satisfy an appeal to the flesh of people. You see that? You're using the wrong bait to attract people. God's power is what attracts people. God's love is what attracts people. So all I need is more of God's love on the inside of me and a willingness to do what he has called 
me to do. I can't. We can't be concerned with trying to stay in everybody's good graces and making sure that we don't overstep boundaries that they have set for themselves. God have called us, us as individuals, to stand out and to do what He wants us to do, and forget about whether or not everybody else understanding it. Because there, that parish foolishness, and it's going to be foolishness. So what do I look like trying to appeal and trying to appease to somebody that's passion? Of course it's going to look like foolishness to them. You see that? But to us who are saved, it's the power of God. That's the reason why, and you could tell the difference between people and where they are in God by how they respond to what God tells you to do. I mean, what God himself has told you to do. If they think it's strange, even if they think it's strange, you see that? But if they think that it's just odd and crazy and that you're off your rocker for following God's word and for and for doing what he has told you to do specifically, then you know you, you're perishing. That, that's how you know. You, you don't have a relationship with God like you think you do. Why? Because if you had a relationship with God, God would have told you to do something that was going to look crazy to those that perish as well. You see that? And so that's how you know the difference there between whether or not somebody's perishing or whether they are Saved. You can tell them, you know, God told me to go down to such and such and, and, and pray for somebody, and, and they won't think it's strange. God told me to move to Tennessee or wherever he tells you to move to. They won't think it's strange. They'll understand that. But if they perish, if, if they're perishing, they won't understand it. And, in fact, they'll fight you on it. You see that? And, and everybody understands. They will fight you on it. That's how you know where they are with God because God ain't told them to do nothing like that. Why? Because God ain't with them. You see that? that? That's how you know the difference. God God does not, he's not a part-time God. He's either going to lead you in all your life or he's not going to lead you at all. You see that? And so, so, of course, to them it's foolishness because God ain't leading them anywhere. They think, yes, I'm following God, but I'm doing what I want to do. How I many of you get hired at a job and you tell your boss what you're going to do? Yeah, I, I know you hired me to cook, uh, but I'm going to clean. You see that? No, if you if you got a boss, that boss is going to tell you what he wants you to do, and he's going to tell you what time you come into work. And you don't say, well, no, you know that's too much. That's too much power for you. Uh, you got that's too much authority. I don't. You can't tell me when to come into work. Now, isn't it crazy? We got enough sense to get hired on at a job and do what the boss tells us to do, and get there the time he tells us to get there, and go home when we're told to go home. But when we're following God, no, I don't, no, it don't take all that. No, I don't have to, I don't have to, you know, you know, God, God's not a dictator. He's not. <laughs> well, what is he? God dictates where he wants you to be, who he wants you to follow. He does all of that. Now, if you can't accept that, then you can't accept God. You just don't know who God is if, if you think you can you can follow him and not follow him. If, if you think you can just, yeah, Lord, I surrender my life to you, but you know what? I'm not surrendering it. That don't even make sense. You see? And so, but to them people, it's foolishness when everybody else, when other people say, you know what? I'm surrendering all to the Lord. I'm going to be where he wants me to be. I'm going to do what he wants me to do. I, I tell you people who are saved, and to you who, who that's the power of God, don't be discouraged, you see. 
Don't be discouraged. It wasn't the world following God and for surrendering your life to them. In fact, what you do, you pray for people, that their eyes will be open so they'll see. You can't follow God and do what you want to do, and that's impossible. He wouldn't, he's not God to you if, if you could do that. You haven't made him Lord. You want him as Savior. You don't want to go to hell. Now, nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to go to hell. But you're in the same boat as the rest of the world if you accept him as Savior but not as Lord. You see that? My prayer is that you will sincerely hear what the Spirit of God is saying to you. Don't think for one minute that you can follow God and do what you want to do. That's impossible. You need to be what God wants you to be and, and do what he tell you to do. No, you, you, I, I've seen preachers, I've seen people during their life make plans and never fulfill those plans and, and because God makes examples out of people. The last thing you want to do is speak in God's ear what you're going to do. You ought to be ashamed to even say you're a follower of Jesus Christ, but yet and still you got your own plans about what you want to do. Don't please don't 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 even bring me in on that conversation. You know, yeah, yeah. Next year I'm gonna do this, and I see myself doing this in the next five years, and I'm playing. No, don't. There was a Jesus told the story of a man who God had blessed and had as so much so that he had to build bigger barns, and he thought within himself, you know what? I'm gonna build bigger barns, and I'm gonna have all this harvest. I'm gonna say to my soul, soul, take rest now. God says, yeah, yeah, sure enough, you're gonna take rest. But it ain't the way you think it. I'm I'm about to kill you and 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 require your soul. And now who's gonna have all the stuff that you have? What was it? He had his own plans. That's a that's pride. Don't think for one minute in this life. I'm telling you, you can't even live without God giving you permission to breathe. If you understood just how much control God has over your life already, it's grace that allow you to walk around here thinking that you can do what you want to do, that you, you got your whole life in your hand. That, that ain't nothing but God's grace until you come to the knowledge of him and say, and you realize, you know what? I ain't been, I ain't, I'm not the one been doing all of this. I, it's, it's been God that has even allowed me to breathe. You see that? Don't die before you realize you're not in control of your life anyway. You see, God will allow you to stretch and to move and to do what you want to do. But that's not extended forever. He will take your life before you get so caught up in pride where you think, I'm going to just do what I want to do and just bump God. I think it's a shame that it's folks in church every week that have that mindset that they're going to do what they want to do, that God done saved them and that's all they need. Salvation comes with submitting to God, not with, well, I don't want to go to hell. Other than that, all you think you have is fire insurance. It's going to be a lot of folks in hell that think they're saved. How do you know that you're saved? When he saved you from your own mind, from your own will. You see that? Don't, don't, don't be deceived. Follow God with your whole heart. You see that? Let that, let that word be the power of God to you. Don't, don't, don't look at it like foolishness. Look at it as the power of God so so that it can change you because you don't get changed following your own will. All right, so we want to say thank you all for joining us today. We pray that something was said that has blessed you. 
and uh, we look forward to hearing from you and also sharing more of God's word with you in the future. Have a blessed day.